Join me for a year in the Bible. It's less than five minutes. Every day I'll give you insights and encouragement. That's a year in the Bible, available now wherever you get your podcasts. For me, I'm a pastor, and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt or they have something going on and they're trying to figure out how do I deal with this and I always know Jesus has the answer he has that next step for you let's open up the word today and see what God will say specifically to you God has a strategy to keep you on track. That's the good news we're talking about today on Your Next Step. Thanks for being part of the conversation. Yeah. Pastor Doyle is here. I am Pastor Doug. Pastor Doyle, we talked yesterday about how the mind can contribute to low power, but you have a couple of ideas of how we can counter that with the Lord's help. Well, I think what happens is the the world that we live in, so let, let's just for one moment imagine you're in the garden like Eve was and Satan comes to her. And the way he attacks her is in her thinking. Mm-hmm. He says, did God really say? And so they they question it. And so you and I have to have a filter for how we deal with the thoughts that come in our mind. And that's what we're talking about today, to begin to discipline your mind. To be disciplined means, well, I'm not just going to throw anything into my mind. As I've gotten older, I've had to learn I can't just eat anything. That's right. It doesn't help my body. And... um. I have to be more disciplined in in what I listen to, what I think about, and and that's what we learn. And over the years, I've learned to pray about things. This morning, Jennifer and I, we we talked about well, we've got to pray about this decision that we're making. You know, uh, it's 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 not a big deal. It's something we want to do for fun. But we we said no, we can't just set aside the money to have this fun. We've got to pray about it. Is that what God wants us to do with this money? And then the second thing is, what does the Word of God say about it? And so, you know, if you'll learn that discipline, and we're going to give you those tools today and challenge you to begin to work that way. In in Revelation, it says that uh, Satan is the accuser of the brethren. Mm. That means that you have an enemy that knows he needs to lie to you about you and to you about others. And so don't always believe everything that's said about you or about other people in your life. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, okay? Paul's talking about uh, the ministry and spiritual warfare, beginning in verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity Mm -hmm. to the obedience of Christ. And being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So Paul says that when a thought pops into your mind, a, a thought that says, well, you're not real smart. That's one I had to deal a lot with. Growing up, I struggled uh, in school. It wasn't easy for me to, to learn some of the basics of, of reading and, and that process. And I got in a downward spiral. And it, I had to come to a crisis point. And uh, ultimately, my parents saw the need for me to get a tutor. You know, in, in today's world, they probably would have labeled me 
when I went to school, we didn't have labels yet. And so we, they, they, didn't, they didn't tag me, bag me, and leave me to the side. Any lie that you believe again and again and again becomes a stronghold. And so you have to, it's, it may be even more difficult to rid yourself of that lie because now you've believed it for so long, it's built up a wall in your mind and you think that's who you are. And so you, you can combat that with prayer. Sometimes it's so strong that you need another believer to hold your hand and agree with you because there is power in agreement for those lies to be broken. For my, for my freedom in, in the case of those negative thoughts over my life, yes, it was about prayer. I had to pray, okay? I want to be clear on that. But I also, my parents hired a tutor. I went to summer school, and I had to work my way out of the lie to learn that I could learn. And so you may have a lie over your life that, that you've got to deal with. We're going to talk more well, about Well, another way to clean negative. up your mind. The other night I was up in the middle of the night and I felt like God said, read Daniel. And so I was excited and I, I, I started reading Daniel with fresh eyes and I looked at it. You know, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they really put their mind to things. It says that they were learning, they were growing, they had the best diet. Everything they did put them at the top of the leadership in the nation. And they were surrounded by wicked, evil kings by governors, people that were doing all sorts of ungodly things. But Daniel, it says that he knew how to solve difficult problems. And I just challenge you to take your mind and whatever problem that is that's overwhelming to you, ask God, Lord, together we can solve this difficult problem. You've given me the ability to think, to research, to study, to learn, and to put the good things into our mind because God wants to bless your mind with the good things. We have to go back to just studying sometimes. Yeah, see, when you look at the the life of Daniel, there's several really powerful examples in his life. Um, Daniel was certainly a a man of prayer. Yes. That's why he went into the lion's den, right? He was praying. He had the habit. Three times a day, he would pray. We know that, that Daniel would seek the Lord. In his mind, he would read the scriptures, and he would be praying, and God revealed to him that in the, according to the prophet Jeremiah, that God was going to return the people to Israel. So Daniel trusted what the word of God said, not what their captors said. See, you and I live in a world that's opposed to God, and we have to live like Daniel did, relying on the word of God, his standard for the way I behave, not the world's standard. He didn't abandon his prayer life because they said it was illegal to pray. He didn't abandon uh, the word of God because they doubted the word of God. See, these are all the principles there. And he refused to bow to the idols of their day. He did not bow. And so, so when we look at this, prayer breaks down the strongholds in your mind. And so what I've had to do is when someone says something to me or I have a thought that comes over my mind, I have to take that apart and say, well, Lord, is, is this really from you? Or it, what, do, do, I, do I come underneath that or not? And so you, you take it before the Lord in prayer and you compare it to the word of God. And, and the other thing that I've learned is that the, preaching the word of God brings freedom. What I mean by that is when I'm down, when I'm tired, when I'm exhausted, I actually get out uh, sermons of, of the preachers that I like to hear. I don't listen to my own sermons because uh, I, I don't like listening to my own voice. But, but I have... 
And so I find that when I hear the, the word of God preached, and see, if you'll notice in Scripture, wherever the church goes and preaches the word of God, people get freedom. And I go so far as to say that if you are struggling with memory loss or even dementia or something along those lines that God can set you free or someone has told you that you have mental illness, prayer is key. God can still, he's, he's greater than anything. I think sometimes we think that that is something that he can't fix, but God can. I, I've literally witnessed him reverse uh, memory loss for one woman for three years. It was really a powerful miracle that I saw, but I believe that prayer can even change your mental health. And, and part of the process too is if you'll learn to take what you're going through and write it down to journal, Yes. We've learned over the years that if you'll, this is why if you'll read the word of God every day and write down what God is teaching you, you, you get it out before him. Uh, another thing. Well, is talking. You know, you think about the cross, this beam is talking to God. You have to have that. But if someone tells you only prayer, that's not enough. You have to actually get it out. So we have the cross beam this way. You think about it, you're broken in community, Right. You're also healed in community, and we have, to, we have to share with a trusted, healthy person. We have to, if somebody had food poisoning, you wouldn't say, hold it in, hold it in. No, they have to get it out, and you have to get it out, and you have to get it out before the Lord, and you also have to get it out with one another, and so you need to talk it out, and you need to be also that safe place for someone in your home to talk it out and to share. You know, silence is actually a form of neglect. And it can be mental anguish if you need to share with someone close to you and they do not let you talk it out. It, get it out. It, if you don't get to the root of the hurt and the hate, you bypass the possibility of forgiveness. And that's the same thing with your mental health. You have to get it out. It's poison if it's held inside of you. As a veterinarian, my father, we would get these calls and we would go out to, to a farm or a barn or and, and we would arrive, and, and, and many times, uh, not intentionally, they didn't realize that this animal had been wounded. And the first thing we would have to do is, is to wash that wound. Mm-hmm. And, and, and sometimes they were really in bad shape, and, and, and we would just kind of have to soak it. You know what I'm saying? We would have to do a lot of work to get that wound cleaned up. And, and what we're trying to help you see is that it's not wrong for you to say, you know, I was wounded when I was a child. Someone spoke over me that something that has always made me feel negative about who I am. See, you, you, have, to, you have to bring it before the Lord and say, God, I need you to, to cleanse me of this wrong, this wrong attitude, this, this misunderstanding about who I am. And, and can I tell you this? I've seen God heal amazing scars in the natural realm, but also in, in the physical and the, and the spiritual, okay? Here's something you might pick up with your kids or your friends. We say this a lot of the staff. We'll say, okay, umbrella of mercy. <laughs> I'm about to share something, and I just need your mercy right now because I need to get this out. And can we talk under a kind of a covering of protection and safety and mercy and you can also do that with God. You can say, God, I, got, I have to humble myself before you. I need your mercy because I, I'm trapped in my mind on this, this problem. And, and he, will, he will offer that to you. Yeah, Jennifer might say to me, Doyle, what do you think of this al- outfit? And I'll say, can I have the umbrella of mercy? <laughs> and, and, and I say that jokingly, 
But I want you to understand, you can't use the information that's shared under the umbrella of mercy against the person later. Okay? The intention is, is that can we have an open, honest conversation? So let's take some time, okay? And you may want to make some notes here about the danger of negative self-talk or thought, okay? Self-talk or thought. Some of the lines that, that we have been told or that we have told ourselves go along the lines of, I'm not intelligent or I'm ugly. Or how about this one? I'm tired. Mm. I'm busy. I, I do not accept I'm tired. I, I, it's part of my, my problem, too, as I push on through. But my point is, is that sometimes we, we convince ourselves that we are tired when um, all the evidence is, is likewise. Sometimes we have this negative, um, how do I say this? I'm not like my family. That can go cut both ways, can't it? We use that as an excuse to say, well, I'm different from everybody else. And then other times we say, well, I'm just like my family. And that's our excuse of negativity. So if your family has a bad reputation, you, you use that as the reason why oh, you I'm can't. I'm just stubborn like my grandpa. Oh, man. <laughs> or something like that. You see what and I'm saying? Stubbornness is pride. And, and these, are, these are negative ideas that keep us in low power mode because we believe that, that we are held back. Listen, listen to what Jesus said. Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? So Jesus here is talking about worry as part of your thought life and that it doesn't gain any ground for you. And so if you're taking every thought captive, you want to take this thought and you want to evaluate, well, is this negative? Is this what's draining me right now? Is it true? Is this the way God looks at me? And and then I give you, I offer this question. What am I really worried about? Mm-hmm. What, I'm re- what am I really worried about? And see, sometimes we're worried about things that we cannot change. I have this line, uh, I'm just not that powerful. Just can't it, fix some things, guys. There's some things that I just can't fix. And it's really helpful for me to know that I don't have that, uh, that power. There's now, a lot God of people may, you can't change, too. Okay, and, and God has given me some authority, but I really have to submit to his, his will in an area at times. And I have to wait on his timing. Isn't God such a good, good father? He always wants us to be a steward and to think that he actually wants you to even steward your thought life and to steward your mind. But everything that comes through there needs to go through the filter of his word. Is this the case? And that he wants us to demolish and destroy those lies. We have to literally take authority. You know, it says in in James 4, 7, that we draw near to God and he draws near to us and we resist the devil and he will flee. And there's times where you have to say that is simply not true. That is not the case. I, I know for me the past few years I've, I've quoted Psalm 117. I will not die, but I will live and declare the works of the Lord. And you know, Satan will lie to you. He will tell you the worst thing possible about yourself. And you have to tell him, uh-uh, uh-uh, that is not what God says. And you have to be that bold about it and that clear about it and get it out of your mouth in prayer. If, if, someone, if someone came into your house 
and they were sitting around your dining table. And during that, they began to speak uh, unkind things, negative things over your child. Would you not say, I believe it's time for you to go? You'd walk to the door, you'd open the door and say, this is, this is your exit. Well, why is it you allow those lies of Satan that say that you're unworthy, you're no good, and, and you deserve this? Why would you allow those thoughts to stay in your home? I'm not a good mom. I'm not a good dad. You know, he's Satan is so mean. <laughs> He'll tell you anything he can to keep you down, to keep you depressed. And you have to get that word of God in you and rise up and say, mm-mm, mm-mm. One of the books that we've recommended that you read for years is Appointment in Jerusalem. It's the life story of Lydia Prince. She was one of our uh, mentors, okay? And there's a scene in her life where she's depressed, uh, a boyfriend a long time, the expected love of her life, uh, it comes to an end, and she makes a decision to worship the Lord, to dance with her broom, and she opens the door, and she just sweeps depression out. And, and, and she was just trying to help herself get over the grief and the loss, okay? And see, when, when, the, when the Bible invites you and I to demolish a stronghold, To demolish something means to be completely rid of it, right? It no longer has its structural integrity. It no longer has its value, its authority, and its power. And so what we're saying is you have to decide that's a lie and you're leaving, okay? In Ephesians 4.29, Paul's telling us how to live. He says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building up according to their others up, according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So you and I, what we want to do is we're going to demolish, but then we're going to learn how to be a builder. We're going to be an investor, a verbal, positive investor in the people around us. Look for what people are doing well and, and encourage them. Say, I appreciate you. You are always so positive. Thank you so much for your kind words. That really meant a lot to me. I appreciate you. You seem to really value. What are your, what are your go-to ways of building others up? How are we going to quiet our mind once and for all? Well, I think that um, in the same way that you prepare a child for bed, okay? <laughs> all right? When, when, when you prepare a child for bed, you say, well, it's 7.30, We have about an hour before we're going to go to bed, okay? So I want you to uh, go upstairs and get your bath. We're we're landing the plane. We're giving all the signals, okay? This is your last chance for water. (laughs) There'll be no more water till morning, all right? And and then, you know, get, get your little blanket and we're going to read a book. Why do we do that? Well, we take a child through a process to help them prepare their mind that I'm going to go to sleep, I'm going to rest, it's been a good day, we've had a good time, and tomorrow we're going to have another good time, okay? So in the same way, you live in a world that's constantly barraging you with negativity, 
with lies and this enemy. And so you have to decide, well, I'm going to go through a process to tell myself that's not true about me. I may live in this world, but this world is not my home. I'm just passing through, right? Some of you may know that old spiritual. Okay, so let's look at Isaiah 61, 1 to 3. The Lord has put his spirit in me because the Lord has appointed me to tell good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort those whose hearts are broken, to tell the captives they are free, and to tell the prisoners they are released. He sent me to announce the time when the Lord will show his kindness, the time when our God will punish evil people. He has sent me to comfort all those who are sad and to help the sorrowing people of Jerusalem. I will give them a crown to replace their ashes and the oil of gladness to replace their sorrow and the clothes of praise to replace their spirit of sadness. And they will be called trees of goodness, trees planted by the Lord to show his greatness. That's such a beautiful passage. This is the passage that Jesus read in Nazareth. So Jesus comes home to Nazareth. He goes to the synagogue and they ask him to do the scripture reading. And he gets out the prophet Isaiah, and he reads these words right here. Now, why is that important? Because he's saying, I am the Messiah. He says to them, to this day, this has been fulfilled in your reading. So because of Jesus, you and I have received this good news, this anointing, this new life. So what Jesus says here, he says, replace the lies with the truth. Put on, put on your head this new crown that you have from him. He says, filter everything that goes through your mind for the good, the oil of gladness to replace their sorrow. So he says, filter everything with this anointing. And then finally, he says, turn on your praise. Put on a garment of praise. He says, put on a life that says, God, I thank you that the world I, I live in may be crazy, but I'm trusting you. God, I am not going to let all this uh, draining my life set the standard for my life. He, he invites us to live a strong, fruitful life. I think one practical way that you could do that is to eliminate a ton of the screen time. Oh, when you look at a blue screen, uh, it actually wires your brain a certain way. And I was talking this week with Jordan Davis, uh, but he was looking at the blue screen all the day, you know, working on video editing and all this stuff. And it was actually affecting his eyes. And so he made a decision that he would take a hardbound Bible or book and go outside cut that time in half and physically read. And this this past week, I was actually talking to a doctor who had spent her time in mental health for teenagers. And I said, is it true that a physical book would be a break rather than a screen? And she said, it actually uses a different part of the brain to do that and to go outside in creation. She said, you can rewire your brain. She even went to, so far as to say doing a craft is something that is a different part of your brain. And you can refresh your actual physical brain by not looking at a screen so much, let alone the cleansing that we need to have from the Lord of our mind of all the things that we've looked at on that screen. And God can do that too. This is Pastor Doyle Jackson for The Church Next Door. Reading the Bible is important. It's something that every Christian should do. It will transform your life. It'll help you grow spiritually. It is good for you. 
join me for a year in the Bible. It's less than five minutes every day. We'll give you insights and we'll encourage you. So read the Bible with me and join me daily. That's a year in the Bible available now wherever you get your podcasts. Miss part of the show today and want to hear more? Well, you are invited to download and subscribe to Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. If you will pray with me right now, I believe that God's going to move, that God's going to change some lives, that God is going to transform the world in which we live in. And so I invite you right now, let's just let's do this together. Let's not waste any more time. Let's just bow our heads and go before God and enter into heaven. Let's pray for people that need freedom today. Let's think about the people that uh, need God to set them free. Lord, while we're together today, we want to pray today um, what you said, the Isaiah scroll that you read in, in Luke 4. You said, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to bind up the brokenhearted, to set the captive free, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. God, we are praying for freedom today. God, there are people in our lives and in our world who need freedom, freedom from addictions, freedom from habits, freedom from ungodly things. There there are people in our community that are bound. And right now we see the chains broken through your anointing. And now this is what we're praying, God. We're praying that the people that we know that need deliverance and freedom, that you'll bring it. We, We lift them before you right now. We have family members, neighbors, co-workers, classmates, people that need deliverance. And yes, God, that deliverance may be connected to a broken heart, an abuse, or a hurt in the past. And so we're asking you to come in and begin to make it clear that you love them, heal their broken heart, break the chain and the bond over their life, be their bondage breaker, Because, Lord Jesus, it is the good news that your grace sets us free. And so today, these sins will be forgiven. The chains will be broken. They will be set free. We come in Jesus' name because that is the name above all names. May they be set free today in his name. Amen. You know, I know know that that prayer was good and that you were part of that. But I want to take you to the next step because that's what we're all about here, right? So would you go to yournextstepnow.com? That's our website. And give us your email address. And we're going to give you our ebook. It's a prayer guide. This month, it's free. Know that it's free. It's not going to cost you. You just have to give me your email address. And then you and I can become prayer partners for the ministry. I need you to pray with me and agree with me. Our world needs revival. We need you to become a prayer partner. This community needs you. So go to yournextstepnow.com, give us your email address, and get your free prayer guide ebook today. Your Next Step is a ministry of the church next door in Columbus, Ohio. Your prayers for us are always valued. But to financially support the ministry, visit thechurchnextdoor.org and click on Give. That's thechurchnextdoor.org and click on Give. Of course, we'll be glad to send you a gift of thanks in return. For more resources to guide and grow your faith, you can visit doylejackson.com. That's D-O-Y-L-E jackson.com. If you need prayer or have questions, text us at 
888-644-4034. That's 888-644-4034. Thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you next time for Your Next Step.